The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Joining us on the line is Tim Fryer, who serves as the National Strategy Director for Families with Power to Change. Welcome along, Tim. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Now, mate, uh, you're in Melbourne right now. Are you in one of the hotspot lockdown suburbs? Unfortunately, well, fortunately, we're not. Okay. But um, yeah, just <laughs> trying to stay free of the COVID. Yeah. Oh, well, mate, our, our thoughts are with you. You know, it's it's Freedom Friday in in uh, Queensland. We've just opened up the borders. Everyone's happy. The sun is shining. Uh, we're feeling for you guys at the moment. Yeah, it's rainy and <laughs> everybody's pretty much just stuck inside. <laughs> uh, well, mate, it's uh, it's a tough time for Victorians, and uh, our prayers are with you all. Uh, now, Tim, uh, I'm detecting a bit of an accent there. Tell us where were you born and raised? Look, I I uh, I started off in America, um, sort of back and forth, some between America and Australia, mm-hmm. uh, but picked up the American accent. <laughs> um, yeah, so so on the east coast in Philadelphia area. Philadelphia, okay. And tell us a bit about your your upbringing. Were you, were you raised in a, a Christian household? No, actually, my parents were pretty pretty much atheists. We did church just wasn't something we did. Um, yeah, we we just had other things that we filled our Sundays with. Um, and it wasn't until I went to uni that uh, started to really wrestle with spiritual things. And uh, I I met the I'm sure I've met Christians before then, but first Christian that I ever knew of. Um, that I met at uni, and and they were just really odd because they had this weird sense of of peace and and kindness, and you know it's one of the things that as I became friends with them, I'm like, you know what, that's a person that is really authentic and real, and I wanted to learn how to have real friendships like they did, without the whole Christian thing, because you know for me that was a psychological crutch for weak people, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I started exploring, okay, how do I do this whole, you know, how how do I have that joy in my life and how do I have that peace and that without the whole uh, Jesus bit? And, you know, it took about a year, but over time I realized that it was actually the whole Jesus bit that, that, that helped them have that peace and joy. Um, and so it was, uh, I decided it was actually at a Macker's one Saturday morning, uh, I was I was having a chat with a friend and and you know they went through the gospel again I I knew it backwards and forwards I'd been reading the Bible quite a bit uh, was really attracted to Jesus and so uh, yeah they they gave me an opportunity I said yep let's do it and uh, prayed to receive Christ at Amacus. Wow what a great testimony did you have McCommunion then as well or what's that did you have McCommunion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we had we had our McCash Browns. And, yeah. <laughs> a little different baptism, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and that's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you are, what your background that's is, right. what sins you've committed. You can come to Christ, even in the middle of a McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tell us how your life tra- was transformed after that. 
Yeah, so I, I started really um, with my parents not being believers at all and actually pretty hostile to 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 Christians. Um, yeah, there, there was a bit of an adjustment period there because um, when they found out that I'd become a Christian, they were not too pleased. And uh, we went through some different periods where I was kicked out of the house and some different things like that. Um, but what it actually did in the process was it made me question is Jesus worth following or not? Um, and, you know, I, I committed to follow Jesus, but there was almost a lordship decision of, is Jesus worth my life? Because if Jesus was worth my life, then he was worth everything. But if church was just sort of a nice social club and and a group that I hung out with that had good manners and good morals, lovingly, it wasn't worth it um, to sacrifice my family for that. Wow. And, and so there was some real, <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because in the process, it, it was really difficult, but at the same time, it wasn't. It, it was really much more of a question of if I was going to be obedient to God or not, rather than did God exist or any of that stuff. And, you know, I came to the fact that, you know, if, if I believe that what the scriptures say is true, if I believed that Jesus is who he says he is, then it's worth my entire life and everything. And so... Um, for me, that just really, that started coloring everything because it started coloring how I did my academics. It started coloring how I did, uh, how I, how I performed in my job and everything because Jesus needs to have an impact on all of that. Yeah. yeah. And so, so really started, uh, yeah, doing that. We, I worked things out with my family, <laughs> um, and, you know, look, they're still not believers. We're still praying for them, but. Um, they're really excited about what we're doing now, which is an interesting <laughs> dynamic. But um, but but yeah, it's, it's it was really good. And so I really I was doing a PhD in statistics, and and just really felt like you know I could give my life to statistics, and that's good, and there's nothing wrong with that. I loved it, but you know, there's other people that could do that, whereas there wasn't other people that could take the gospel to the world. Mm-hmm. And so ended up dropping out and moving over to the Middle East as a missionary. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So I, I moved over there. Uh, I met my wife over there. And so we ended up getting married and uh, lived over there for, for quite a while. Um, yeah. We're coming back to Australia. And I'm just curious, uh, you know, obviously you can't talk too much about the Middle East and where you were based on mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because I, I understand the yeah. sensitivities of that, but were you mer- sure. working among people from other religions a lot? Uh, mostly Islam. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was sort of 99.9% Muslim. Wow. So, yeah, so we what we were doing is we were... Um, it was actually really exciting. We were uh, we go into villages and different things and help um, help people. We do micro business enterprise, so helping people get out of poverty. Uh, so you know, I teach woodworking stuff. My wife would teach some sewing and some sort of local craft, and then we would um, we would help them to get some supplies and that, and then connect them with fair trade Etsy. We'd take them to the local markets to teach them how to sell their stuff. We'd bring in doctors and stuff that would come and help with some of the medical stuff um, from overseas. And in the process, we'd be sharing our faith. And as people started to come to Christ, we'd we'd sort of put them up as part of an underground church and help do uh, some of the training. And basically, the we'd appoint a pastor and and sort of, yeah, just help connect them and help 
do that. And it, it, it was just so rewarding. It was yeah. just amazing. We got to see some of the first uh, worship songs ever written in the local language, um, which was just, I, I just think about, you know, that day when we were standing before the throne of heaven and there's going to be people from every tribe, tongue, tribe, and nation. And, you know, perhaps just maybe they might be singing one of these worship songs in the local language and just, yeah, uh, just getting to see these guys, these young believers say, you know what? We have no worship songs in our language. Can we write some? And we said, yes, let's do it. Um, that it's, is so it's awesome. a fantastic thing. And, you know, I, I led a, a Muslim guy to Christ a few years ago, and he told me that he kept on having visions of Jesus. Like every night Jesus yeah. would visit him and he'd be reading his Bible, and Jesus was in a, in a white uh, gown, he had uh, a beard, and he said, "I'm going to show you the truth and lead you in the way." And this guy just had, you know, incredible encounters with Jesus. Are you hearing from the Muslim world lots of people having those kinds of encounters? Oh, all over the place. Uh, you know, I don't know why it is. I can't explain it, but um, God seems to work that way a lot in the Islamic world, and and just the number of people. You know, we, my my wife met uh, one girl, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad." to uh to have met you and she started quoting the entire gospel of john in the local language mm. she'd never seen the bible before in her life but she goes yeah jesus appears to me every night in a dream and he teaches he's taught me the gospel of john <laughs> and she just nailed it like and it's just unbelievable i had a guy that um connected with and it just like we 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 hung out one day and it just it didn't really go anywhere so i was just like okay we'll let it go about 10 years later um, I was I was going to a friend's house, and as I was coming back, he wasn't there. So as I was walking back, I heard this. Um, they beam a Christian satellite uh, uh, TV station into the country from France, and I heard this coming out of one of the apartments. And you know, just it's a little different there. You can just pop by a stranger's house. I popped by, and it turns out it was this guy that I'd met like ten years ago, and. Uh, and he looked at me, he goes, this is so weird. He goes, I was just praying that somebody um, would stop by that, that had read the Bible. He goes, have you ever read the Bible before? <laughs> so I said, yeah, once or twice. <laughs> and he goes, the whole thing? I'm like, yeah. Wow. He goes, oh, good, because I have some questions I need to ask because, you know, uh, and then we put together that we met each other about 10 years prior. And he goes, he goes, yeah, at that time I was joining Al-Qaeda and he went through a whole big thing, but... He started to grow disenfranchised with Al-Qaeda after a while, and his wife actually left him with two young kids um, because he wasn't committed enough. And he was just like, I don't know what, but I just feel like I feel like God's been showing me all this stuff, and I, I feel like I need to figure out the truth. So, But I'm convinced it's in the Scriptures. I can't read the Scriptures. So could you teach them to me? Wow. <laughs> so we're like, all right, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> um <laughs> But it just it just feels like it's story after story of that sort of thing is seeing God work in these ways that you know, and that's where I feel like we've just been so privileged to be able to you know just witness that mm. and see God work in ways that it's like this is not us, <laughs> this is something far bigger than us, yeah, wow, that is inspirational, and you work with a ministry mm. called Power to Change, formerly right. known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, the mm -hmm. biggest mission organization in the world on 7,000 university campuses. 
And uh, yeah. we have a mutual friend, Yasmin Henry, who's uh, involved in UQ in, uh, in Queensland. Uh, she's uh, a great um, uh, witness for Christ uh, with power to change here in, in uh, Queensland. Uh, but you guys she's are all over, she's a great woman of God. You guys are all over the world, um, and yeah. and you're involved in marriage um, for those who right. are married or not yet married. Tell us a bit about your role as the national strategy director for families. Yeah. So what we do is we're we're basically the next up. A, a lot of uh, Power to Change Campus Crusade is known for being on university campus. Well, we're sort of that next step. Um, after people get off campus and, and as they get married, um, we're, we're looking at saying, how can we use marriage as a tool to share the gospel? Mm. Um, how can we help use that horizontal relationship to help people look at the vertical relationship with God? Mm. And so a lot of stuff we're doing is we're, 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 we, we work with local couples but then also uh, work really hard to build up a network um, that we're trying to help empower people to share the gospel in their community using the power of relationships mm. and and looking at saying, how, how can we help build movements or uh, groups where people are encountering the gospel, that they're growing in their faith and they're being sent out to reach others? How can we do that in different communities using relationships? Yeah. Well, we've got a Facebook poll today that's asking the question, do we tend to go into marriage with rose-colored glasses? And currently it's sitting on 93% yes, 7% no. Um, only 27 votes so far. So come on, everyone, jump on Facebook and, uh, and make your vote. Um, what's your response to that, mate? Do you think we all go into marriage with rose-colored glasses? Look, by and large, I think yes. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are some of those brave few that, that have a pretty honest look at it. But I know for myself, and we do a lot of premarital and a lot of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> look, we, we go in and it's, it's not a bad thing, but I think we go in expecting the marriage relationship to be just like when we're dating, um, except we live together. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's just a lot more complications that come out as you're married and as you, as you do life together. And, you know, as God starts to refine your character and, and refine who you are, um, through that other person, it's it's sometimes a bit difficult, um, but it's good. Mm. We're asking a question at Facebook today. We we've got a Facebook poll asking the question: Do we tend to go into marriage with rose-colored glasses? We've had ninety-five uh, percent say yes, and only forty votes so far. Come on, Australia, get online, make your vote at facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. Love to see your votes coming in. And if you'd like to call through and ask a question about marriage or maybe you'd like some prayer about, for your marriage, you can call through any time on 1-800-316-316. We've got Phil from WA. How are you, Phil? Uh, good, thanks. Yes. Have you got a question or a yeah. comment for Tim? Yeah, um, I, I actually agree with that. Uh, yeah, I do think we, we go into marriage with probably rose-coloured glasses. I'm in my later years, and I, I look back now and think, well, yeah, I did have those. Didn't really know fully what it was about, and um, I think, and properly, what we need to do, and, and, and I would say the same for my wife. I think we just, yeah, it was one of the things, but the thing is, we're still together, but we have been through a separation, uh, yeah, and um, I'm, I say, not putting the blame on her, but I'm, I didn't leave, but we're back together. But the thing is, what we've really noticed is that we really, um, really need to. Um, 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 just um, 
be more compassionate to each other. And um, what, what we probably noticed is the fact that um, it's the thoughts that were in our minds and and coming from families, I come from a Christian family, but even so, the thoughts that we had um, were were wrong, 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 just just wrong in our minds. Um, they weren't uh, really um, the, the, the right thoughts. So, yeah. Tim, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, look, I think one of the, one of the biggest things in marriage is that. A lot of times we, and I think it's true of all of us, is that we walk into marriage intensely selfish, and and we we look at saying, I'm really excited about marriage because it'll be a place where I can help get my needs met, and marriage is 100% meant to be a place where you get your needs met, but if that's the focus, it'll never work, and it's that whole thing of saying, how can I actually meet my partner's needs? How can I love? as Jesus is loved, and how can I do that unconditionally? And as I meet my partner's needs, there's a response that tends to happen that all of a sudden they turn around and they start meeting your needs a lot more. And I think that sort of what you said was really good is that need for compassion and grace. Um, that that really struck me because I was like, that's, that's so true, I think, that, you know, um, we live in in stressful times and and it's so easy to to just to just that stress to be put on to our our partner and especially when things aren't going perfectly and and you know it just feels like you're not going in the same direction a lot of times mm-hmm. um and, and and really yeah saying no you know what first and like one of the things we do when we do any counseling at all our first thing that we talk about is together you are a team. You're on the same mm-hmm. team. And anything, anything, any problem that comes, the only way you win is if you win together. Uh, if one of you wins and the other loses, then ultimately you're going to bed with a loser. And nobody wants to go to bed with a loser. <laughs> and so the idea is how can we say it's not me versus you, but it's rather the two of us versus the problem. Mm. Yes, yes. Phil, any yes. thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's really good stuff, and that's what I think we've become to realise too. Um, we just had it wrong all the time, and and those thoughts of um, our background and in in the hurts and that stuff from the past that are outside of our marriage really does yeah. attack us, and we've got to realise the devil really attacks us. That's what we realise. We've got to be vigilant and just say, look, God, we want you at the forefront of our marriage. We need to be like Christ and be compassionate and have grace and everything. Uh, sometimes it takes a bit of healing, even though you've been through a difficult past for, of your own. Um, 100%. And it, yeah, and you need to deal with it yourself, but come back to the marriage and just uh, say, look, I love you. I care for you. God put us together. Mm. Uh, you know, God's there, um, and uh, you know, we, look, we we still we we we're getting on we're getting on a lot better than we ever used to, but um, mm. we're still together. But we know that we God put us together, and we just we're trying so hard to do this, and um, yeah, and that. But uh, God is working in our lives. It's amazing what He's done, and He's doing, and He will keep doing. And one thing that I learned is reading a couple of books is marriage is the uh, I hope I got this right. Um, uh, is we need to look at it as the picture of the bride of Christ that we need to. Yeah. God wants to change us. It's very special. Um, 
Um, a marriage is very special to, especially the, the Christian, uh, where we mm. look at Christ and we are the bride of Christ. So mm. we need to be changed to uh, in our lives to work through those issues, to be Christ-like so that we can be with him in glory and, and, and have the right attitudes. And um, that's something some people don't look at. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you really said of, because there really is that importance of working through issues. Some of us come into marriage with really significant uh, past issues. Yes. Some of us, some of it's less so, but I think everybody comes in with issues, <laughs> maybe on different levels. But, um, yes. Yes. you know, I really believe that in our culture, um, I, I, we mentioned before how we lived in North Africa. Well, in North Africa, everybody's living in poverty, and, and there's a whole lot of things that people need God for. In our culture, yeah. we've we've experienced incredible material success and a lot of things. And you know, there's a lot of things that you don't need God for. In now, obviously, we need God in everything, but but there's an element where you know, I don't really you know go around most days wondering where's my next meal coming from. I don't you know it's it's a comfortable life that we live in Australia, um, and and that's a real privilege in a lot of ways. But I think the other thing it does is it, it makes us forget to thank God for that, I think, a lot of times, uh, that he's provided that. And, you know, it's it's really in the—we found that it's really in the marriage relationships and in parenting relationships. Those are the points where God really uh, needs to get our attention, and he puts tough things in our lives— um, and, and in one sense, we're not used to it because we live very comfortable lives by and large. Um, but, but actually doing that work and doing it together. And I love, I just love the commitment that you've, that you've really talked about because I think that's so powerful and we need more of that in our culture today. I think where it's, you know, God has put us together and we're committed to that yeah. as we're committed to the bride of Christ. Um, right. That's Tim, just beautifully put. Tim, I'll just jump in there. Um, there's a note here from Phil that you'd like us to pray for you, Phil. We've only got a couple of minutes before the news, but what would you like some prayer for, mate? Just pray for our marriage that it'll keep going well um, with the issues that we sort of... Um, just in the past, that we'll just really work it out, but we'll come together with our hearts together, and uh, God will just really help to change us in that and move us on to where he really wants us, and that's... Yeah, you know, I really feel that he's... Um, we really need to ask prayer for that. All right, Tim, lead us in some prayer, mate. Sure. Father God, we want to thank you so much for Phil and for his wife and, and for their relationship. And we want to thank you for you calling them together as a couple. We want to pray that you would help them come together as one. Father, that they would cling to each other, that they would realize that they're not each other's enemy. But really, we have a real enemy that's seeking to kill uh, and destroy. And Father, we pray that you'd protect them from that enemy. We pray that as they work through some of these past hurts, we pray that you'd bring some real healing into their lives and, and that they would work through it together as a couple. Uh, of course, there's individual parts to that, but we pray that, that they would do it in a community together, a oneness together. And we pray that you would help them to really flourish in their relationship, that you would just draw them together and pull them together and and help them to, to have a huge impact on those in their communities and in those around them, that they would look and say, wow, God has done something very significant here, and, and we can't deny that. 
Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Phil, for your call. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, call through on 1-800-316-316. Maybe you'd like some prayer for your marriage as well. We prayed for Phil from WA in the last hour. Uh, and uh, blessings to you, Phil. Thank you for your call. If you'd like to call, we'd love to hear from you. Call now on 1-800-316-316. And we've got a comment here from Shelby from Sunnybank. How are you, buddy? Hey, yeah, real good, Matt. And hello, Tim. How are you going, buddy? Hey, how are you going? Yep. Yeah, good. Hey, uh, Matt, you know, I love your show. Um, but, um, yeah, look, my comment is um, if you're going into marriage, besides having road-coloured glasses, <laughs> is um, you've got to put Jesus at the very top of the triangle, uh, the spouses uh, at the bottom. Um, and with Jesus in your marriage, uh, you shouldn't fail. You should always have the right guidance and help. Um, yeah. You know, really, um, that's the mistake I made. And, you know, um, I worked my butt off. I had three different jobs. Um and my wife eventually divorced me, and she said some years later, she said, you know, I never found anyone better than you, and she said, I didn't really need your money, I just wanted you, because I discovered after Mm. she left and divorced and that, I had the children a lot more, and I discovered I didn't know my children. (laughs) I was just too Mm. busy trying to get ahead in life, Um, and so the biggest treasure is to know your wife, know every little tick that's, that's happening with her, and treat her like you are, she's your absolute treasure in Jesus, and, of course, um, by doing that, it'll come back to you tenfold, um, mm. especially, you know, spending the time with your children. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, we just don't treasure each other enough. We don't um, – um, and we don't put Jesus in, in front. In my early marriage, we didn't put enough at Jesus. Jesus was there, but not not like he is today in my life. Mm. Mm. What are your thoughts on that, mm. Tim? Look, I, I love that. I love the idea of becoming a student of your spouse and, and – uh, and re- look, obviously, I think keeping Jesus at the center of your marriage, that's <laughs> that's what's going to make it uh, really succeed. I couldn't agree with you more. I think one of the big challenges that, especially as Christians, that we face a lot is is there's an element of giving that, saying that verbally, but then actually living it out and, and sort of being in obedience to Scripture. Um, and that whole idea, you know, uh, you know, just... Do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. And so, you know, in the midst of a conflict, am I am I fighting back or am I blessing my wife? Um, you know, in when when I don't feel like um, giving grace, do I still give grace? And you know, I think as we live out some of those, they're very basic biblical concepts. But as we live those out, oh, it just transforms the marriage. And and we've seen just marriages go from well from the step of divorced, sometimes even being divorced, um, to all of a sudden a couple that's just madly in love with each other and with Jesus, and and it really does transform a marriage more than you could ever believe. Mm, so good, Tim. I uh, really appreciate your call, Shelby. Thank you for that. If anyone else would like to call through, our guest uh, for the next 20 minutes is Tim Fryer from Power to Change. Uh, he's the National Strategy Director for Families with Power to Change, formerly known as uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Call through 1-800-316-316. And we've got Michelle from Emerald. How are you, Michelle? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Have you got a question or comment for Tim? Um, I um, just had a, a comment. Um, I just felt to give... Um, I thought there might be some listeners out there that just wanted to be encouraged. Um my, I was married 28 years and my husband left me. Um, he had a terrible accident at work and, um, yeah, and didn't really recover from that. Um, 
and I've been standing for my marriage now for three years um, and he's due to get married to a new lady shortly but anyhow um, I just I've, I really wanted to encourage people um, that um, just to pull into God through their journey um, in their marriage troubles or even if if their part, you know, their husbands or wives have left, and um, to put God first. The previous gentleman talked very much about that, and mm. that's something that I always used to say. I put God first, but really, I I have found that I didn't because um, I always cared more for my husband's opinion, or mm. or I would do what he wanted more than. Um, and and that was one of the big things that God really challenged me on in 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 that time where our marriage broke up was listening and following his um his words and 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 what he was instructing me to do with my life and what was right um so um yeah i I just wanted i I have seen a lot of people um in their loneliness decide to to um, be pulled towards um, men or women and new relationships and and really God is God is enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to say. Tim, what are your thoughts on that? Thank you so much for sharing. That's that. It's such a hard situation. It's hard. I can tell there's a lot of pain happening there. Um, but at the same time, I think the things that you've gotten out of that, I think are something that, you know, I think one of the big things with, you know, as we talked about rose-colored glasses, I think particularly for Christians that we think, oh, I have my faith, I have Jesus, that'll be everything I need. And it really is. But I think a lot of times we don't realize that a lot of times we're not living that out, and we're not living out the the, the basic commands of Scripture. That that we've actually been really influenced by the culture far more than we than we would ever believe. And um, yeah, that's look. I, it, it's one of those things that hurts my heart hearing your story because just the the pain that's involved in that. But but getting to that point of Jesus, you know, and having a proper view of Him, I think. That's it's just invaluable. Mm. Michelle, we really appreciate your call and sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. God bless. And if you'd like to call through, maybe you've got a question or a comment uh, for Tim Fryer from Power to Change. We're talking all things marriage today. Call through 1-800-316-316. And uh, we've also got a Facebook poll asking, do we tend to go into marriage with rose-coloured glasses? Currently sitting on 93% yes. You can make your comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, now, Tim, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you a bit about uh, was uh, your ministry. Like, do you um, provide counseling for couples? Do you have courses? What, what are the practical yeah. things you do to help people, uh, you know, not yet married or about to be married or, or married? Yeah. Yeah, so look, we, we do we do quite a bit of premarital. We we tend not to do a lot of counseling. We do we sort of consider it more first aid counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of long term term counselors, we like to refer that to others. Um, but like if people are in crisis, different things like that. 
um, we we have we have a sort of a short five session uh, counseling thing that we go through with them uh, that we love doing. We we run conferences, uh, marriage conferences throughout the country, and so uh, some of those are independent. But a lot of times we like to work with the local church as much as possible, and so um, just as different churches are interested, um, you can find all that stuff out at our website at families.powertochange.org.au. Um, and we have a lot of people that say, "Hey, look, we need we need some help with our marriage. Let's 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 see if our church will host a conference." And and uh, we do all the work. You just have to help with some of the signups and stuff. Um, we do that, and then then we try and do different things. You know, for instance, we have a we have an online date night coming up on the 11th of July on Zoom. So it's free. Anybody can come. Uh, again, you can go to our website, uh, go to the conference section, and and uh, you can sign up and register. And, uh, yeah, what we do is we give a little bit of teaching, and then we send you off with your, with, your, with your date, and you go have an evening, and we give you some discussion questions and some different things to, to work through. Uh, yeah. It's amazing what you can do over Zoom these days, hey? That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're, oh, we're so thankful, especially with all the COVID and coronavirus stuff, of um, how much things have gone online. Mm. And, yeah, there's a bit of fatigue with that, I think. But <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's, it's an amazing blessing, you know? Yeah. Well, the phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got another 15 minutes with our guest today. If you've got a question or a comment about marriage, we'd love to hear from you, 1-800-316-316. Now, mate, one of the things uh, I've uh, loved over the years, I've been doing the marriage course, uh, you know, from yeah. similar to, uh, you know, from Alpha, yep. from Holy mm-hmm. Trinity, Brompton, uh, yep, yep. Nikki and Silla Lee, and they've actually just got a new version of it they've just released. And I've done it with a number of couples in my church over the years and seen couples who have been on the brink, who have really uh, been in, in trouble. It's really helped yeah. them. One of the big things that they talk about is the importance of conflict resolution in a godly way. Yep. Because yep. many of us, we lose our temper, we call up, we, we call names, we, you know, drag up things from the past and we get in a rage and we, you know, do things we shouldn't do. But there's mm. actually a godly way to handle conflict. Uh, just speaking to that for us, mate, what's your advice on that? Yeah, look, I think one of the big things uh, is that it's amazing how God's designed our bodies <laughs> um, in that, you know, when we have that fight and flight response, um, and as soon as conflict comes up, there, there's actually a physiological response that tends to happen in our bodies that, you know, our heart rate starts to pick in, picking up. We start, we start going into, and some people lean into a fight, some people pull back from a fight and withdraw, but we do these different things because that's how, that's how we've been designed by God to, to deal with, with danger. Now, in most cases, that's a really good thing. When you're having conflict, that's a really bad thing. <laughs> and so it's sort of saying, how can we, how can we talk about things as a team and in a way that is is going to keep the emotions a little bit lower, mm. because as soon as you as soon as those emotions start going up, look, we've all been there, um, and and I think you know that whole idea. One of the things we start off a lot of our conferences with is conflict is common to all couples, and it's been shocking to me the number of people that are like really we thought we were the only ones. <laughs> it's like oh mate. <laughs> um, but it's that thing of saying, you know, how can we have a productive conversation about a tough 
issue. And so sometimes it means that you have to go in. A lot of times um, my wife and I will pray before having those conversations. Because um, as you pray, <laughs> it's a little bit harder to turn around and, you know, say, oh, I can't believe you. Uh, there's been a number of times for my wife and I that we look at each other in the midst of a conflict and we, we just say, you are not my enemy. Mm, just mm. as a reminder that it's not us versus each other. It's, it's us together mm. and saying, how can, we, how can we solve some of this stuff together? Yeah, and then is... after that, it's a lot of good communication. Mm. So important to make sure we've got healthy communication. Absolutely. Our guest is Tim Fryer from Power to Change. You can call through on 1-800-316-316. And we've got Rita from Victoria. How are you, Rita? Yeah. Have you got a question or a comment for Tim? Yeah, I was thinking um, as a grieving mom, uh, we lost our youngest three years ago. Uh, oh, couple, Yeah, it's okay. Um, as a couple... Sometimes it's so hard, like you don't know other person, how that person is going, you know, how he's thinking, how he's going with emotions and all that. So just to, to encourage other couples how to be like, you know, to be strong and courageous and pray together, mm. you know, sort of, and lift each other, I think. Um, we went through that, like, we don't blame each other sort of thing. Uh, what, mm. what do you think? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, that that is a tough situation. That is really hard because we all process grief in different ways, and we all, yeah, it's it's how you deal with that and how you how you walk through some of that stuff together. And I think the big thing is just going slow and slowing down life and and really checking in regularly with each other praying together regularly um and just just talking about okay how are we going how how are things you know what are there things i can do to help give you some space um to continue to process and continue to grow because uh, you know with with situations like that it's not it's not just a you know, one week, one month, or even a year thing. Um, it's it's it can take a long time mm. to to sort of wrestle through some of that, um, and and especially coming to terms with that with God mm. is a, is a really hard hard thing. Okay. Thank you so um, much. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes like my husband doesn't say much. He said I'm okay, you know, but yeah. in, but sometimes but, you know, men don't die much, you know? <laughs> mm. and, and look, here's the thing is God's created everybody differently. But having yeah. said that, there there are some there are some patterns, I think, um, between men and women, and they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times for men, um, for me at least, I can say I'm not as touch in touch with my emotions as my wife is. Um, she'll feel things a lot more, and she's a lot more accustomed to feeling strong things. Um, than I am. And, and so a lot of times when I'm starting to feel very strong emotions, I start to clam up and I pull back um, just because I'm not sure what I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it. Whereas my wife's able to identify that a whole lot quicker than I am. Mm. Um, And so some of that stuff is, you know, in those times I need to pull away. I need to go to God. I need to process with my wife, but I need to do it on my terms. Some, um, she can't push that process, unfortunately, um, as frustrating as that is for her. Um, and and I think for men in general, 
um, not all men, but most men, um, there's an element where when they, when they're having a hard time, they go, to, they need to go to a place where it's just them and their maker. Uh, we, we, in our, we call it the cave. And I just say, Hey, I need some cave time. I'll be back out, <laughs> but I need to go and meet with my maker and, and sort of sort some of the stuff out in my head. And then I'd like to come out and process with you a little bit. Um, but, but learning to say, okay, I'm going to let you, it's a scary thing to say, I'm going to let you go and go into that cave. But it's a really important thing for me, at least. Thank you. Thanks. God bless you, Rita. Thank you so much for your call. Thank Mm. you. Bye-bye. And uh, if you'd like to call through, you can call on 1-800-316-316. And our guest is Tim Fryer from Power to Change, which is formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, and uh, Tim, it's an interesting uh, thing to look at the differences between men and women. Uh, when it comes yeah. down to it, uh, us us men do like to uh, just have some time with us in the cave. I, I like what you say about that. Um, and you know, women like to communicate and talk a bit more about things. And us men need to kind of have a compromise sometimes, don't we? Mm. Well, it's, it's funny because they've they've actually done a lot of research on this, and and they've found that for women the way they connect most in a relationship is face-to-face conversations where it's, you know, sort of look, literally looking at each other and, and interacting back and forth. Whereas for men, that's not true at all. For men, it's shoulder to shoulder. And so men bond most when they do a task to together where there's, where there's talking, but they're standing shoulder to shoulder rather than face-to-face. And a lot mm. of times for guys, that face-to-face, um, look, we can do it. But it does feel a little bit more intimidating, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways. And so learning to balance some of that. And so, you know, my wife has been really honest. And, you know, every so often she'll be like, look, we've had a lot of face-to-face, you know, times. That's that's helped me. Let's go do a shoulder-to-shoulder event, yeah. um, you know, where we go work in the garden or something. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, you've opened up incredibly. <laughs> I'm like, have I? Um, but. But it, it's one of those things that's really significant, and it's, it's again, learning to be a student of your spouse and what, what connects. You know, that might not be true for everybody. Mm, Great. Wonderful. No problem. Figure out what it is for you. Yep. So good. So good. Now, once again, if people want to find out more about Power to Change, what's the best website to go to? Uh, look, it's families.powertochange.org.au. Mm. And on there, we have we have a whole bunch of resources. We have... Anything from you know helping couples struggle that's uh, struggling with pornography to um, you know look what to do if your marriage is in trouble. We have a whole bunch of different resources on there, um, and a whole bunch of different things that, to try and help your marriage grow. And um, a number of different events and different things. Uh, it's a little bit slower now during coronavirus, but um, there's still some stuff up there uh, to to check out um, if if you'd be keen. Wonderful. Well, Tim, it's been so good to connect with you today and um, pray the Lord blesses you in uh, beautiful Victoria. Stay safe where you are there, mate, in Melbourne. Thank you very much. And uh, we uh, hope to uh, keep in contact with you here at Vision. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today, mate. God bless. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 